What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rebunk. My name is Scott, coming at you live from my home studio here in Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm very excited about uh, this episode of returning powerhouse guest, Miriam Hanane, in the house. And she's waiting very patiently backstage while I very, very quickly go through all of my promotional stuff here. So, you guys, if you're new to the show or if, uh, you know, you haven't been to the website yet, go to rebunked.news. Um, that is the main spot where you're going to find links to everything uh, related to the show. Um, also make sure you sign up for the email list that pops up. That way you get notifications about, uh, anytime I go live or anything like that. Um, let's see. So telegram is the best place to stay up to date with the show. T.me forward slash rebunked news. Um, rebunked news is the handle you'll find me on all the social medias, Twitter, Instagram. And then at the bottom, you'll see any value for value donation options. Um, okay. So check this out. I got the, uh, I got one of my shirts live in effect right here. You see the flag behind me? Well, my people over at Big Frog T-shirts, shout out to Ryan, Amanda, and the team over there. They actually took it upon themselves to make me this T-shirt, the Beavis Are You Threatening Me shirt. So I got one on today. You can get your own over at rebunk.news forward slash shirts. There's also a link on the website. Got all the Rebunk shirts brought to you by Big Frog T-shirts. So they're like a liberty-minded T-shirt shop in Portland, Oregon, who are listeners of the show. They're awesome. Uh, you know, I can't say enough good things about them. They've just hooked me up big time with these, uh, nice little care package. So please go support them. And you get, I mean, everybody's been clamoring for the Beavis. Don't tread on me shirt. Well, there it is. It's there. It's like 16 bucks. You guys, it's like a, a heck of a deal. So anyway, supporting them helps, uh, this show and a uh, Liberty minded t-shirt shop in Beaverton, Oregon, and they can use all the help they can get out there in Beaverton, Oregon. Right. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, we got the give, send, go up, rebunked, or give, send, go forward slash rebunked. We got the subscribe star. If you want to be a monthly donor, subscribestar.com forward slash rebunked. Affiliate links, Truth TRS, Heavy Metal Detox, can't go wrong. Again, there's a link in the description. And then Richard Grove's autonomy course. So I just finished week six. Uh, we're taking on week seven here tomorrow. And if you guys don't know about autonomy, basically just a supercharged entrepreneur class with like the highest level people you would ever imagine. And once you sign up and enroll, you're a member for life. So you can take it over and over and over and over and over. And you just become part of the community. And it's just like this community of just super high level crushers, man. So if you follow the link in the episode description and follow uh, the go down through the obstacle course and determine that it's right for you and you go through with the course, that helps out the show. So if, you, if you're at all interested in autonomy, please click the link and, and learn about it, man. I can't speak highly enough about it. So that's what I got. You guys, uh, very excited about my guest tonight. She's been on the show multiple, multiple times, both on Truthzilla and here uh, on Rebunked early on, one of my early guests. So, Miss Miriam Hanane, how are you, Miriam? Hello, Mr. Scott. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Well, very happy to have you back. Um, so, it's so cool because, you know, I've, I've been able to work with you on this project that we're going to be talking about tonight a little bit. Uh, you know, I've got to peek behind the curtain a little bit. I've got to see a lot of this uh, footage that's just like, you know, I, I listened to your tinfoil hat episode um, from last week, and man, that that was you guys did great. You know, I'd love to talk to Hibbler one of these days for sure, but man, like you guys really sold it and built up the anticipation. I'm really excited because I remember, you know, I remember your your vision for the project, and you and me talking about what your vision was for the project and, uh, you know, seeing it now come to fruition. I'm very excited to see it. You know what I mean? And, and uh, we'll get into it. Everybody We'll we'll play the trailer. We'll uh, talk about your book, but uh, Miriam, so can you maybe if uh, people haven't heard about what's going on give us a little overview about what we're talking about here? Sure. 
Um, you want about my work or about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. Okay, why don't we do that? Let's start with uh, yes. Give us the rundown of your background and what the heck you've been working on the last couple of years. So my name is Mary Minane. I go by the Bee Lady, and up until now, I've best been known for directing the award-winning film Vanishing of the Bees. I'm a real investigative journalist of. Uh, 25 years plus. I hail from Montreal, Canada. I used to be with the mainstream. My first job in this country was for MSNBC. And uh, after I blew the whistle on bear crop science, slowly got kicked to a shit list. And I've been covering medical freedom since 2012. So I it was no surprise what was in the pipeline. And, and I bailed and went to Costa Rica when the pandemic hit uh, with Zach for he's the Google whistleblower and um, my beats other than my obsession with George Perry Floyd and this two-year forensic investigation is usually um, wellness and empowering inspiring and educating people I like to tell people that I'm 49 years old I've reversed lupus I was hit by an SUV at uh, the age of 29 and yeah i'm about to turn 50 and i also am a accredited functional medicine coach and consultant and the founder of honeycolony.com so yeah i'm all about empowering um, optimizing the immune system not eradicating it to oblivion so i'm very very censored as now everybody is but not having your bank account closed and not even being tagged, being able to be tagged on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I feel now it's been normalized. That was one of the first to um, talk about techno-fascism, a, a term, let's say, that Jason Burmis uses now all the time, but I'm the one who popularized it. And um, I was saying, Roseanne Barr today, you tomorrow. So here we are. And just to tell your audience that Scott has been tremendous help when I was looking for an editor, really helped me um, hand it off. I, I was working with someone for seven months that didn't really bring the project forward in any way, just wasted my time and money. And then I'm very, very lucky and grateful to be working with Sean Hibbler of Hibbler awesome. Productions. And, and in fact, in my research for George Floyd, I, I came across Sean's psychological operation, probably, I don't know if it came out in August, but right when it came out, because I've inhaled and scoured everything I can about George. And, and that's really a method of mine to become an expert in whatever it is that I'm, I'm studying. And so that means reading whatever is out there. Like for instance, Scott, there is just a, a book that came out in May by two Washington Post journalists, mm -hmm. and they're they're recreating dialogue for George Floyd. Now George is dead, so how would they be able to do that? That's called fiction. Okay, and they're trying to pass it off as nonfiction. Like these these are like actual historical accounts of the of, of the events. Oh wow! Yeah, and and knowing the material in which they're basing things on, let's say the seventy nine page personnel file of Derek, of course, because they are lefties, then they have access to interview people that would never give me the time of day, like Attorney General Keith Ellison, to get certain sound bites. But 
I was looking for, you know, I've now befriended Maurice Lester Hall, mm -hmm. the man that was with George that day, who's in jail. And so I was looking up something specific to see about Maurice and this came up. And then just last week on Thanksgiving, Maurice, we had a date for Thanksgiving because I was, I spent my day working and he's in jail. So I said to him, Maurice, do, this is very incriminating in this particular chapter that I stumbled upon before getting the book. It says about, it specifically is in one of the chapters looking at that day, right? So it's, mm -hmm. I was gleaning new information that he had not told me about what happened that day, uh, including George driving Maurice around to do drug deals because Maurice is a, is a drug dealer. So then I asked him, I said, dude, did, like this stuff is so incriminating that it it's he's an accomplice. I mean, it's it's very clear he was on 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 drugs. And so therefore he would be as much of an accomplice to his death as uh, Derek Chauvin. And then he told me, he goes, I've never talked talk to that fool. So I don't know what I, I don't know what the truth, the truth is, uh, because the renditions of that day change depending on who you speak to. Yeah. And just in, you know, in the little bit that I was able to work on the project, you know what I mean? Before it got handed off, like, like you, the revelations that you knew, and this was like, I mean, this would have been, so I remember it would have been like last late ago. summer, early fall. It was like August, September of last year. Um, Cause I remember I just got fired from my job for not taking the shots. Right. And so I had all this time on my hands and then you, and then <laughs> that's where our paths crossed. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So I remember very specifically what time of year that was, but you know, yeah. just even then you were having all these crazy breakthrough revelations that I'd never noticed. And I guarantee nobody has. And then I had the chance to actually, you know, kind of like Sean was saying on the other interview, like he, it sounds like he had a very similar reaction to what I had where it was like, dude, like everybody got it wrong. Like, this is so insane. Like how, like the media characterized it. Like, I feel like both sides, whether you're like conservative voices, right. liberal voice, everybody got it so wrong. You know what I mean? And it's so insane that it was used in this way. And then once you start de deconstructing it and looking at it from the psyop perspective of what it is, it's like, okay, okay. So, and, and then every time I hear you interviewed, you always have a new piece of information that you come across and you have like, and you were saying like, even to this day, you come across new information every day. Which is so fascinating how it's like this puzzle is just uh, overwhelming. So, so we I had you on early on in the show. It was like God, I don't know, almost six months ago or something. And 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 uh, like now that we're uh, coming up on the actual release of the film, like what what do you want to lay on us? Uh, like any any new revelations since we last talked, or anything that you feel like would be good to highlight? And then we'll maybe watch the trailer after that. Yeah, um, new revelations. Well, I can tell you that right now, I'm so. It's been such a long time, and and the movie aside, this is really exa is exemplary of how long it takes to do a real forensic investigation. And unfortunately, in the world that we live in, people have moved on. Even though every day, Scott, there's the mention of George Floyd. Absolutely. And, um, there's no, not one day that I don't hear his name in one fashion. Oftentimes, I hear it. I listen. I listen to Tim Pool. I listen to a lot of different voices, whether they're controlled or 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 not, uh, to see what what is being said. So, so it has. I'm just. I just want to move on to other things because the world yeah. has as well. But it's not like the work is 
is not challenging or in, enjoyable. So right now I am establishing that the chapter I'm on is kind of recreating that day in terms of heading towards a revelation regarding a, a $5 million judgment order that I found against George May 1st. So how how on earth could there be a $5 million parental judgment order for a child that I assure you've never heard of before his death? George Perry Floyd would have to be making $1.7 million a year to merit that. And I even went back to count back pay in what he would owe this baby mama. So on the service surface, it seems like this is hush money. And it was a private eye that supplied this for me based on the social security number that I gave him. I purchased George Floyd's debt from Cup Food so that mm -hmm. I can so that I can have, you know, not do it illegally to look into his social security number. And this came this this judgment order then i looked up the case and it stems from it's from 2007 and he was actually in jail at the time because the address to send letter correspondence i looked it up and it was a lynchner unit so some some jail so when i contacted the courts the um child services the attorney general because it played they played the very common merry-go-round game that I get uh, when doing investigations. Everyone's passing the buck. And, and uh, so no one could tell me. I even sent them a screenshot, which was taking a risk where I'm like, what is this that I'm looking at? And wh where's like, I see the original order, but there's nothing to that amount. So then months passed, I was waiting to speak to the PI again. It was very touch and go, and he was just doing me a favor. And when he, when he went back, the, no one could tell me what, where it was. When the PI went back, it was now a trace. So my calls prompted more scrubbing, and, and mm. scrubbing has occurred very, very often. Um, when I spoke to Maurice, I've recorded all the calls. I mean, they're recorded anyway, so it, I don't yeah. feel like they're already recorded by the government. So the last thing I said, I said, Maurice, did you say this stuff? Because this is very incriminating. And he said to send him the book. He said, I, um, I haven't spoken to him yesterday. I spoke to, and I have spoken to her before, Teresa, who was George's um, roommate. So George and um, Alvin and Teresa are a couple and they were living with uh, George Perry Floyd. So in this chapter that I'm reading from someone else's fake fiction book, they say that um, Maurice would, would sleep over at um, in the garage and come and take a shower at George's house. And they positioned it like George was doing a, a favor for someone who has been homeless and that it was Maurice that was luring him back into this kind of lifestyle, which is BS because they're both in this kind of lifestyle. So when I spoke Teresa to Teresa, she's like, I don't know, Maurice Lester Hall. And um, then I said, well, it says in this book that he slept in your garage. And she says, hmm, well, if that's the case, maybe that's what explain 
why uh, several things disappeared from our garage and per perhaps George let him in. So anyway, that's that's one of the latest uh, revelations. But it, it is I'm not exaggerating that I learned something every single day. Yeah. And it's so I mean, you've had like such exclusive access to like such frontline information here. Like you like you guys, you got to go check out Miriam's YouTube channel, Rockfin channel, too. Like she has wow. interviews with Maurice. Like it's so crazy. Like you have that level of access and it's like, you know, it's, it's awesome. I mean, it's great. I mean, it's just having that information like like no wonder like you stumble across a clue and now they're scrambling to cover it up, including Maurice himself. You conducted your exclusive interview with him. And then immediately now he's got the law coming after him and throwing him in jail. Literally right? the, the, Oh, by the way, it says be lady 14. I'm be lady 70. Did I write that? Oh God. Is that, is that on my thing? No, it's probably, I, I, uh, where are you seeing that? Is that on the, in the rock yeah. fin? So it's my bad, my bad. No, no, it's fixed. Sorry. Um, okay. the day, the day I did the, the day I did the exclusive by the grace of God was the second year anniversary. And so for me, it's like, God knows that like, I'm not a, I'm not a gatekeeper like Candace Owen who yeah, like, we'll get into that too, if you want. Oh, Absolutely. Um, so I, I felt like this was a blessing because I am just after the truth and I, I'm, I'm happy to say I'm wrong. And I thought that Maurice was scum, but I would be lying. If I said that I didn't care about him, I do. And I'm, I, I feel that the hypocrisy can really be shown by Maurice because CPS has taken his son away and they did a whole bunch of things that I, from the outside can see that they're playing with him. For instance, I told him, Maurice, your public defender, Adrian Cousins, she, she doesn't have your back, dude. She's the, the it's all like, so then when we spoke again, he goes, Mimi, you were right. And now I'm going pro se. And so I was literally, you know, you see all these lawyers and some of Maurice's friends. I mean, my camera's on, but then you just see Miriam Hinane. And now he's asked me to be his superintendent to help him while he's in jail. And like, I don't know what I can do to help him. Um, I just know that people do deserve a second chance and that if anyone gave a crap about black lives matter yeah. that, that that say they do that they would be helping him so he told me in our last call which i'm just going to make a note actually totally Sorry. which is no it's interesting i mean you, you i've heard you say it too like you know what about his black life does his black life matter like i don't know man like it's crazy and it seems like uh he's at the very fulcrum at the very center of this whole the situation you would think that he would you know be propped up as one of their you know as, as like a poster boy of the agenda of the psyop but is it because you think he's actually speaking to you that they've turned him and thrown him to the wolves do you think it's that or what, what do you think else is contributing to the fact like this seems like a big political thing that they could really like if blm wanted to reinvent them or whatever if they wanted to be back in the limelight they could just be like hey look at this we're coming to the defense of george floyd right. like like St. Floyd, we're going to the the, the, the aid of St. Floyd's friend who was there that day. The, the police are hassling him, everybody. Let's go burn down the city, right? Like they right. Can literally, they can make a big political issue out of this, but instead, nothing. Because what? they want to erase any inkling of drugs. Oh. And so putting Maurice on the stand. So if you really 
from my perspective, they promised him the moon and the stars and told him he was going to be a star witness. And he, you know, at first I thought like he caught, he said this, he set up his friend. I don't believe that, that um, he willingly in one of our conversations, I said, you know, Maurice, it's the Mexican cartel that makes this because I haven't pressed him on his insistence that bro didn't do drugs that day is what he's saying. Like, and, and if he did talk to these people at the Washington post, that's not what they're saying. That's why it's bizarro that the left um, lefties are basically writing incriminating information that would land him in jail. It's, it's very strange because this, this is evidence that he did do drugs. So I think fundamentally to answer your question is that any inkling of drugs, and that's why they probably promised him and he foolishly thought this is my new beginning. And, you know, on, on the docket, it said, or in his case, it said that he had the beginnings of intellectual disability. So I'm not even sure how he afforded to go to this um, psych, this prestigious psych um, rehabilitation called Mitiger. Because in reality, what happened is by him, by him uh, admitting himself, admitting himself into the hospital, into he is stigmatizing himself, and he's not realizing that he's stigmatizing himself as mentally ill, the beginnings of intellectual disability. So when I told him, I think he was surprised at how specific and detailed and well-read I am about the case. And I said, you know, it says you have the beginnings of intellectual disability. And he's like, does it look like I have intellectual disability to you? And I'm like, no, it, it doesn't. So, and that, that um, rehab place, at the cheapest program was $2,600 a month. Wow. So I'm really not quite sure. I asked his mom, because I'm also now texting on, on regular. His mom was in the hospital, and I've been speaking to her. Initially, I was speaking to her to try to, like, send. I was sending her links about BLM. I was sending her links about um, communism. At one point, because I, I I was looking into blood, and it's a story that I, I still want to tackle about what this obsession with blood and the synthetic blood and the plasma. I saw a documentary on how they're preying on these poor neighborhoods, a lot of them poor Black neighborhoods, and uh, sourcing the plasma and then sending it to Switzerland. And then... Like almost a week later, Mimi, when I get out of here, I'm going to sell my plasma. Mm. And I was just telling his mom and I'm like, no, don't, don't, uh, don't do that. It's weird because just as an aside, my girlfriend sent me an ad yesterday. They're offering like $850. She goes, should I do it? I'm like, no, dude. Like, I don't know what is obsession as an aside on, on sourcing plasma. Anyway. So that's a big industry. I remember like, uh, you know, I, I've been living in Oregon, Eugene, Oregon specifically, which has a huge homeless population. I've worked as a drug and alcohol counselor dealing with that population. And that was like one of their main hustles or sources of income was going and donating plasma. Like that was like, the, you can make like a couple hundred, like a few hundred bucks a month just doing that, you know? So yeah, it's a big yeah, thing. It's a big business. Yeah. yeah, it's a big, so, so anyway, to, to, 
to answer your question, I think that's the underlying reason why they want Maurice, because any inkling, that means you'd have to admit uh, to, to the drugs, right? And, and, yeah. that's, and, and so someone who was um, help, helping me or shepherding me or encouraging me, uh, Joel Gilbert, mm. who did the Trayvon Martin post and who I recently interviewed for his new Michelle Obama 2024, he said, you know, when I was, I was helping someone or speaking to someone in prison, it only got worse for them. And then when I learned, like, literally the next day after our interview, they sent out a warrant and, and arrested him for, for charges that are from 2018 that, ironically, Scott, is for baby for strangling his baby mama. Wow. So in reality, he's the one who has charges for choke, for yeah. choking. And the woman, the baby mama, who's also a druggie, um, I said to the mom, to Maurice's mom, why doesn't she drop the charges? And she said they, that she tried and the state didn't let her. So when I was on this court, this hearing two weeks ago, just standing by and I recorded it for my own consumption, I saw how they were playing with him. And so through Maurice, I've seen, I have to say that the system is racist and the system is broken. And so these people, they're blinded by their their blind spots that they're they're not able to see the full scope and i think that's how they compartmentalize because you know through through the lens of maurice lester hall the system is not rehabilitating you it's not really helping you get out of the system and then once you're in that broken system and you're a hustler and this is the only way you know like he was telling me i'm clean I don't want to go back to using, and oh yeah, I was going to say, when I told him, you know, it's the Mexican cartel that's making this stuff, he just like got quiet and he goes, I didn't know. I, I, I would say, yes, he's lying. He, I mean, meaning not in this particular, but yes, Maurice is a liar. He does what he does. He's, he's, I can tell that he's mischievous and savvy, but nonetheless, the hypocrisy is oozing. Wow. Well, that's amazing. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's just so crazy. Well, you know, just again, another aside real quick, like I hear you saying, uh, you know, he's desperately wanting to get off drugs and not go back to that life. Like I kind of, I feel like maybe like we could have a good conversation. Like that's, that's, that's what I do is I help people in that situation. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean like both as a person in recovery and, and also as a counselor, like I have like both like from a clinical professional standpoint and you know, that's what I do in the real world. You know, I'd love to have a chat with him one of these days, maybe be like Maurice, come on. Let's, let's, let's figure this out. Well, <laughs> so anyway. well, that's the thing. What are the options? If the guy wants to go and sell his plasma and they're holding all these charges to the, for CPS. I'll be a sponsor. I'll be a sponsor, dude. Like, I'll, I'll sponsor right now. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> no, anyway, I'm just kind of like, whatever, you know, I don't know. I don't know. There's something to it. You know, like that's my, I firmly believe that anybody can get clean and find a different way to live. Anybody. In jail. You know? Scott, yeah. And, and okay. That, next hearing i'm gonna sit on it i mean i have the zoom link but his okay. this last time they were going to he i'll just tell you real quick he wanted to retract his plea he pled guilty because of the public defender that in reality doesn't give a crap about him and is a pack mentality oh yeah this is what he told me he's like mimi 
all the lawyers are part of a Masonic cult worldwide. And wow. I was like, wow. So he's dropping that truth on you. That's crazy. Yeah. This is this is a this is a very Masonic uh Masonic uh incident event. <laughs> Yeah. Right. And I, I'm just making a note because I clipped that and I'm like, we have to put this in the movie. Yeah. And I forgot about it because there's so many, uh, so many little details. Um, yeah. Yesterday we had like another three hour editing session. And nice. so. Fantastic. Well, it's, well, so, okay. So let's talk about the movie a little bit. And so there's a couple things here. Let's uh, start off by showing the, the previous. So you have a, what do you, what do you call it? A, a sizzle. slice reel? Sizzle reel. Okay. A sizzle reel. So we have a sizzle reel here. And you guys, I didn't include this in the, in the description, but I will, I'm going to go back and do it afterwards. So if you're listening on the podcast, it will be below George Floyd documentary.com. And uh, this is an extended version of the trailer that I, you know, I have my, see my fingerprints are still on it there. So, uh, but uh, yeah, so you guys, we're gonna we're gonna watch it here, maybe the first three or four minutes or something like that, and then you can go and watch the rest of it. George Floyd, Floyd the documentary dot com. So, so are you must... beyond, beyond the trailer, or or and show new, or you just intro? I think maybe because we've shown the trailer before. Oh, okay, yeah. So we just skip to the the new stuff. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. Okay, let me see here. Let me see. So we got, but I don't know. We have a lot of we have a lot of new people, but let me see. Oh, let me find okay, a good okay. spot. It's up to you. Um, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I'll go about, we'll go, we'll just start right here. We'll start like a minute in. Okay. There we go. Yeah. We'll just go right here. All right. Ready? I'll be back with you guys in about three minutes. Okay. I think, I think, so I want to encourage everybody once again, George Floyd documentary.com to watch the full sizzle reel. But like, so there's so much more that even that's been, I remember like we were, we were focusing on Mr. Adam a bunch. We're like, okay, it was this Mr. Adam and stuff. And one of the things I forgot to mention going into that <clears throat> which is another thing that you really called out. I was going to say, Hey, you guys pay attention to this particular spot. I know the video was a little choppy. I didn't have it downloaded there, but, uh, do you, do you want to talk more about the, uh, the thing with Tao and like the hand gesture and what you think the implications of that are? Or is that, is that one of the big surprises in the movie? It is one of the big surprises. Okay. 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 So, but it's alluded to in the thing. So there's, Okay. Okay. So anyway, so no, it's, it's, uh, but that's just all the same. That's not in the documentary that's in the book. Oh, please do. Uh, so let's say I, I, I've said this on other shows, but let's say I were to ask you, Scott, who organized the funerals. Okay. So I heard you talking about this, so I know a little bit, but I don't know the oh, specifics. Tell, no, I heard you talk about it a little bit on tinfoil hat, but uh, tell us more about that. Cause I, I like who specifically. So it's a firm. I'm not going to say the name of the firm. Okay. But it is a PR firm that is also re representing that represents Al Sharpton, oh, and course. and uh, when when I I did another show I think it was Red Pill and shortly afterwards someone hit me up on Twitter and said you're the only one who's done more research than I and then he moved me to he moved us to to Telegram and I called him Run I just knew that he was in Canada. And that he was a hacker and a researcher and that he's he does pattern recognition, which I do as well. And he created this epic telegram channel and he was like deep in the bowels of of this story with me so that I can because there's very few people that I can go and say, I found this. I found I found this. What do you think? So he would drop things, drop things, all his research. A lot of it I wouldn't be able to get to because I wasn't there in my book. And then when it, like, for instance, the funeral part came, I started like, this is what the chapter I'm in, which got, 
and he dropped one video, which is on my Gab channel, that talks about the organization of the funerals. So then I started looking into this firm and I learned that this firm had worked alongside the Podestas and had given money to an NGO in the Ukraine back in 2016. So then I, I told him, he's like, oh shit, like he said, you've really walked into the lion's den and now you're putting your face in the uh in the lion's head which actually is this is the strength card in the tarot you could see this woman who's prying open um so being able to deal with the with the fierce or the wild in any case shortly afterwards he said oh something's come up and he disappeared and then i was like he wouldn't, he wouldn't erase all of our race, you know, all of ours. So I backed it up and then a week later he disappeared, he erased it. And I, I've never spoke to him again. I don't know if I, it freaked him out because he would say, I can never do what you're doing. And, um, he, he was, he's gone and I, I miss him and I don't mm -hmm. know why he would do that because it wasn't malevolent towards me i think i showed myself enough times you know and in, during this period recently uh, there was a six-part series i'm i'm segueing but there was a six-part series on nbc yeah i was gonna ask you about that too yeah tell us about that so this six-part series is on the peacock channel and it's um it's called Shadowland, and they came to me more than a year ago. In reality, it was Tanya Rashid, a producer that had come to the premiere of Vanishing of the Bees and was a new, a newly graduate from J School from journalism. And I, I was, I was watching her career because she went on to work with, with Vice, and of course. Vice is, is um, also co-opted, but they started in my hometown of Montreal, Canada. They started out with as a magazine, and uh, I I used to read it, and I used to be a fan. So she assured me that the series would be looking at the um, people who believe in a shadow government, and that they would be covering my story. So if if they're with me, like for six months, off and on. I'm showing them products for Honey Colony. I'm reading them chapters of my book. And they were there with me. They don't show why I left to Florida. It's like literally the day I became a second-class citizen and I couldn't even go do Pilates because I wasn't jabbed. Then I bought a one-way ticket and then they come and, and they're in Florida. So they cut out all the substance and they have me basically bitching and yes, of course, like I'm not dumb. I I knew I was taking a chance. We even mm -hmm. modified the um, the release form. Zach Zach was in it as well. I introduced them to Zach, and you know, like I went to the Bulletproof conference. They didn't cover any of my interviews. Any nothing, just me crying. Mm -hmm. And they also got our breakup on camera. Wow. That's frustrating because I remember when we were working together back then, like that was when they were following you around and you were telling me like, yeah, I got this NBC film crew following me around. I'm like, Oh God, Miriam, what are they doing? Like <laughs> they're, they're up to no good. I'm telling you they're up to no good. Right. But, uh, and that's, that's just so, you know, I mean, 
if they had any interest in the truth or any interest in showing a rounded all sides of, of a story, they would they would include all that. But obviously they had an agenda. Obviously they were only interested in depicting one side of it and they used whatever they could to paint this picture. And it's just blatant. Like this is actually a good case study in, in showing how they, you know, their whole side of the narrative is just an illusion and a lie, right? It's it's all based on an illusion and a lie. We try so hard and your work you're doing here, you try so hard to show every single aspect of it. Like the, this is all the details. Like here's the truth and, and, and figure it out for yourself. But that, that what they did to you is just so shameful and so, so stupid that like, you know, it only exposes themselves and makes them look weak okay. and uh, just, yeah, it's, it's terrible. Thank you. You have discernment. I, I, I recorded a rebuttal, which took a lot of fortitude mm -hmm. as a, to be a big person and have to see myself on screen crying but i i actually joked that probably this helped the ratings this would help the yeah. ratings it's you know to try to as a filmmaker myself to try to mishmash so many different topics and to straight up lie the way yeah. they did and trick me because both times there's other things that are going on uh, that that uh, feed into the crying and position me yeah. as someone who wants fame. And then, of course, Zach saying that I care about fame. And I think he's projecting. I definitely want credit for my work. Absolutely. I definitely want that. No shame about it. And then I don't know if I told you or you're aware or your audience is aware. But so then they had, they launched the premiere at the Atlantic Festival Oof. in D.C., we were not invited and it doesn't take a brain surgeon if you're making a project don't you invite the people that are featured in your series so none of us were invited and there was a soiree the same evening hours before with fauci talking about his legacy i'm just like pointing out the irony yeah and then they broke for happy hour they showed the first episode and the entire event was brought to you by Pfizer. Pfizer. Oh my God. They're such cowards. They're such cowards. They're so evil. And uh, yeah, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're so underhanded and cheap shots. Like, I mean, I hope that you don't like see, take it personally at all. Miriam, I think it just speaks to the fact that you're such a dynamic character and that you have such a passion for this stuff, but they probably target like chose you specifically because you know, they know that. Journalism. Yeah. I yeah. I'm I represent journalism, so yeah. I would argue that it's the biggest fu for me as a human because it's it's uh, it's spitting in the face of my my work and to have me giving a drive, which is I'm giving the trailer to Roger Stone and to literally nice. cut out the words George Floyd. It's like, will you look at my project? Yeah. And yesterday I tweeted and I go, Hey, Joe Berlinger. Yeah. This is what a real documentary looks like, not exactly. the garbage that you created. And then yeah. initially on Instagram, he was following me and he said, uh, we'll set up a Zoom to address your concerns. Like, listen, mofo, it's a little yeah. too late to address my concerns. I never knew, met you, never met anyone from the Atlantic. Mm. And then I said, oh, you want to go on my show? Truth lives here. Uh, exactly. You don't have the balls, dude, to no. go on my show or to speak out. So I don't feel bad to call him out. No, not at all. They deserve to be called out. And you know what? I think the way the world's trending, the way everything's trending, I think you and we are going to have the last laugh. 
I seriously think we do. They're they're they're, they're with their antics, their cheap tricks. Everyone's awake to it, and they're not they're not going to be uh, you know able to pull this off for much longer. And like true journalism, true journalistic integrity is going to rise to the surface and and be what everybody like everybody's dying for it. I think people just don't even know like the vast majority of people don't even know that we're out here doing this type of work. Once yeah. it really yeah. catches on, then they and they compare the work that you do compared to like the work they do. It's like game over. It's just game over. So we just have to keep bringing it all day every day. Have you ever seen the movie? Uh, it's a movie from 2013. It's called The Conspiracy. From 2000, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I I, I don't uh, re recall it. Um, it it's hilarious. It just reminds me of, so it's like these two documentary filmmakers who find this guy named Terrence, who's like this crazy conspiracy theory guy that like, he like he lives in New York City and he's like goes down into like Times Square and he has like a sandwich board and says like, you know, the end is near and all this stuff. And he's talking about all these conspiracies and they're like, they, they start filming him to make fun of him kind of. They're like, Ooh, look at this crazy guy. And then like, and then they start listening to what he's saying. They're like, Holy crap. Wait a minute. He might be onto something. And then the movie it's, it's like my favorite movie. It's such a good movie. Really? It's so good. You should definitely check it out. It's so, so, so well-made, so well done. It's a 2013 movie just called the conspiracy. You should totally check it out. It's just kind of like, it's kind of the opposite where they were like coming to film you and uh, and then they were able to go off and do their stupid thing. But like, you know, in this and maybe maybe you were able to plant some seeds with them. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe maybe I, mean, I don't know. I can tell you they were all jabbed that uh, they were, you know, the young people were in their 20s. And they like when we we're in San Francisco, couldn't even go up the stairs without wheezing. Oh, was, my God. Is this because of the jab? Um, one of them had a very odd blo like um after the vaccine um, bruise on their thigh. And I didn't know oh if it was some God. clotting activity, but, you know, I signed off. I refused to, you know, when they were in SF, took our temperature. I had to sign off that I refused to get a jab. Mm -hmm. When when we were in Florida at the um, Bulletproof Conference, it was like late at night and she, one of the producers was alone. And I'm like, dude, you could take off your face diaper. And she's like, no, I signed a, I signed a contract. Um, wow. So, but, but to, do you not have a conscious, this is not like, these are the Atlantic. You're supposedly journalists. Why don't you pick up the phone and have an adult conversation? If you really mm -hmm. give a crap, but you don't, you have your agenda and they're feigning interest. They're faux journalists. They're mm. full journalists, but yet they're the ones making the big box while Miriam doesn't have a bank account. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So, that's been, I, I mean, that's what I've been saying. It's like, that's the reason, that's the reason why they need to censor people like you and people like me. I think ultimately the end of the day, cause like at YouTube, the worst thing that could happen is they get their heart racing at all. Cause then they'll all just start dropping dead. You know what I mean? So they have to keep us censored. You know, otherwise their heart rate. You know. Oh geez. Right? Anyway. Right. 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 Well, yeah. with that said, you know, I, I'm waiting all this talk about Elon, knowing yeah. and knowing about Neuralink, um, knowing about Starlink and uh, um, okay, when's my when's my handle gonna come exactly. back? Exactly. See you, Ryan, Ryan here at T Lab, like like all my friends, no, none of my friends are getting their accounts back. Courtney Turner, she she got uh right. she got a straight up told her, no, I'm sorry. It's like, dude, it's Courtney. When, like, when did yeah. they told no. She she we talked uh last week. Actually, we went all we all went down and checked out this uh, local access TV studio last week. And so I don't know if you heard, but Courtney and Ryan and I were starting our own yeah. little media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about that. 
but we all went down and checked out the local access TV studio and they've got a super sick, like free to the public TV studio that we're going to start using for our, for our production. So yeah, so it's, it's taken off. So anyway, it's going to be cool stuff, but anyway, yeah, but Courtney, you know, I can't even remember what it was that her post got taken out, but she said she appealed it. And just as of last week was told, no, sorry. Nope. So it's interesting how that's working where like, you know, they're six times. I've been yeah. trying since 2021 and I won't, I won't stop. And I have a lawyer now and I will okay. pay the money to get um, it, to get, um, to get my data back because I'm a professional researcher. That is my intellectual property. You yeah. could say um, you're dumb for sharing it on Twitter, but I was backing it up with the Threader app. And so I didn't know that that would go down as well. So until I get my Twitter back, this whole facade is just a facade. It's totally a facade. Yeah. I don't have much faith, you know, especially considering all the other things Elon's involved in. It's like, okay, we're just, and, we're just getting. You could say like the Trumps or whatever, like that was part of the, the, the theater yes. because they were playing their role all knowing that ultimately they're going to, they're kind of come back. And it's not yeah. like, you know, it's not like they're muted. These, this whole thing, like, Oh, I'm supposed to feel sorry for, Andrew fucking Tate, excuse my language. No, I don't you're fine. like you're 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 an only fat. Who the fuck are you? Yeah, like you're censored. Oh boo hoo! I'm yeah. so feel so sorry for you. Um, no, I don't. I do not. No, you know what's funny? You know what's funny too is that like we were talking a little bit before, uh, but like Owen Owen Benjamin had been going railing hard exposing Andrew Tate, the whole Andrew Tate psyop, right? For like two weeks straight, right. just eviscerating him, and then. uh and then Owen got his Instagram, like his 90 millionth Instagram taken down. And then Andrew Tate on Gab tweeted out, said, hey, man, sorry, I had to take your account down. So he took credit for getting Owen Benjamin's channel taken down. <laughs> He's like, wow. like, after, after, like, like a week after Andrew supposedly got censored, he was going around spouting on his official Gab, Gab account. Yeah, yeah like, taking credit for uh, deplatforming other people. So there you go. Yeah. There's a clip. Suck Crazy. it, Andrew Tate. Yeah, that's hilarious. That's a good sound bite. Well, Miriam, so okay, so when is the movie coming out? So the movie is coming out on January 15th, which is also my 50th birthday. Aww. And um did you know you and Courtney pretty much? Well, I don't know if you're yeah, you guys have like yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we she said, Oh, hilarious. on my birthday, I'm like, What? Your yeah. birthday? That's my birthday. That's hilarious. Because we were the fact that we didn't we didn't come out in our conversations. And hangings out. So that's wild. That's awesome. Yeah, that's funny. Well, I only know that because we're all also putting on a concert. Like we just are, we're just pretty pretty sure we found a venue and we're gonna do like a liberty minded concert, like five times August. Uh we have allegedly someone from the InfoWars crew possibly come. We got like we're actually doing a big like concert live event. Courtney's gonna do her aerial performance, we're gonna have speakers, live music. Uh, so hopefully you can be able to make it up to it. Like originally it's going to be January. It looks like we might be pushing it out till like March ish, like early March. So, uh, we'll keep everybody posted on that. It is possible January. Yeah, I know. Cause I'll be, I'll be releasing it. And then I just learned yesterday that the live stream of the oral appeals for Derek is three days later. So oh, that's wow. amazing that the release of the movie will be, you know, it'll be, there'll be buzz about George Floyd. I had a, awesome. a great meeting, Sean and I, with a distributor. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Who's, so how'd that go? 
So that went well. I'm waiting for them to send me a deal memo. It's uh, my movies, my movies.com, my movies plus. Is it my movies plus? Have you heard of them? Um, now is this the, I heard you talk about the January 6th. Did they just do the yeah. uh, January? Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm talking to them next week. I'm talking to them next Jason week. Rank, yeah. 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 I think so. Yeah. I'm talking to him uh, next I, week. I just saw the movie about, cool. um, the shaman, Q, Q shaman. Yeah. I need to watch that. Yeah. I'm having i I'm going, I'm going on tinfoil hat next week, which is Hi. super cool. That'll be my first time on there. So I'm super Hi. excited about that. Allegedly, hopefully I've had to be pushed back a couple of times. So hopefully it works out this time, but, uh, and then the next day I'm talking to those guys. So nice. yeah, 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 yeah. You All good things. I've seen the movie, right? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to work on watching it between now and then. So yeah, yeah it was, it was, uh, it was very well made and it was very compelling. And um, the fact that they could get that footage of uh, Jake before, mm -hmm. you know, J, J six is, is pretty. It's I pretty know. Epic. So I was, I saw the trailer and I was like, Oh, is he out? Like I was trying to get him. I was like talking to Mark Steves. I was like, Hey, can you get the Q shaman on too to with these guys? And he's like, well, he's in jail. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess he's I'm like, a, he reminds me. Well, he, I feel like he's like an idiot savant and he reminds me of Brad Pitt. Like mm. he's definitely got that like star factor. Sure. Um, like he's an idiot savant. They yeah. do show in the movie when, uh, Alex Jones speaks to him. Alex Jones is such a dickhead to him. I remember that. I remember that episode. I listened so, to it. Yeah. 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 He was a yeah. dickhead. It was so yeah. it was so obvious that he was mocking um mocking him. And sure, I could understand, but to like have him on your show and not even give him a, an opportunity to speak. And of course, and you know, I don't I'm not the type to to throw out the baby with the bathwater. It's called discernment. Yeah. So I definitely, you know. He's an entertainer, Alex Jones. He is. I got a lot of love for the guy. What can I say? <laughs> it's one of those right. things. Uh, so, okay. So you're writing a book as well to accompany this, this film project. So now are those going to come out around the same time or what, what's, what's going on with all this? I, wish, I so wish. There's gotta, there's gotta be a point where like, I know there's, you might have to just settle for a volume two. Right. And so like, you might just have to say, okay, that's it for this one. And then just like put it out. You know what I mean? I don't know. Well, I think there's a lot of work that goes into a book. Plus totally you're conducting an actual investigation yeah. at the same time and and you're a perfectionist it's a shame that it's taken so so long i'm about 85% done but you know i still have to write the table i have a table of contents but there'll be a lot of it's going to be a while so yeah. realistically it's being published by logo sofia cool. and um like when i'm done with this chapter i think i have like 3 or four four more chapters left and it's called George Floyd, a multi-layered psyop examined. And really the movie came after an afterthought mm -hmm. because I was writing a chapter or I was really transcribing all the, all the dialogue because the devil's in the details and nobody pays attention. And that's why I've gleaned so much because I pay attention to the details. And so in wanting to have a visual representation, I was like, let me see if I can buy the footage mm -hmm. and just put it, put it out in chronological order. What happened? Oh, Jesus. It's that hour mark.
testing. Hear me now? Hello? Yes, yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, it happened again. This stupid thing. That's so weird. So, anyway. anyway. Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, yes. Yeah, no, so, we're good. Go ahead. So, Scott, when, when we finished the trailer and uh, I had someone who was helping me with publicity and they took the trailer, it was probably... I guess it was last September and there Candace Owen was having an event mm. and they they personally gave her the the trailer and next thing I knew she was making a film. Yeah, that's wild. Now, do I think she saw my trailer? Uh yeah, I do. Uh, there's certain components in the beginning that are lifted that are similar of course she's i'm not shitting on her movie she did a great job exploring where the money is and uh kudos to her regarding blm i haven't spent time looking at blm per se i'm looking at the money when it comes to the estate and all the grifters that made made uh, buku bucks on it and then you could tell who's real because i don't think all of the characters are in on on the psyop and like i said i think they compartmental compartmentalize things so but needless to say i don't have a billionaire hubby and i'm not with the daily caller so daily wire daily wire sorry, daily wire no no daily I, I know specifically because i talk a lot of shit about the daily wire because i just realized you know within the last few months that they're here in nashville where i'm at and i'm like and then oh, my room really? yeah my roommate says they have their offices like right down the street and i'm like from where i'm at right now i had no idea so yeah so it's a, it's like a local vendetta so that's part of what i've been saying this whole time with pirate stream media what ryan and courtney and i are doing i'm like we're gonna give daily wire a run for their money i don't even care like i hope you do that's the whole point i hope you do Yes, you do. I, I, I know the caliber of uh, Ryan's work and I'm very impressed and I, I try, you know, it's, it's this, you know, want to know what's going on and listen to, to colleagues, but I'm also have to have my nose down and stick to George Floyd's until I, yeah. I finish to do a proper job. But yeah, cool. I think it's had similar as the severity in which uh, the censorship and for me, it's, I say this like in J school, they teach you to use big numbers to draw and allure people. And uh, the big numbers that you see next to someone's name doesn't mean shit anymore because they're maligned and manipulated and they take they take uh, followers away. And I really I really am very curious to see what this effing amnesty is going to be, you know, that since Elon's, I get like effing um, bots and junk mail on Twitter way more than I ever did in my decade of being on twi Twitter. Yeah, I've noticed that too. Like, it yeah. just like spammy ads and like, like, yeah, just like, oh, I think we have so much in common. You should message me, blah, blah, blah. Like, that, that sort Suck of weird it, body God. stuff. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, shoot, you guys, I hope if nothing else, you hear that, like, this is what true journalism is, okay? This is what an, this is what it means to be an investigative reporter, getting out, getting in the trenches, doing the actual work, calling people, taking risks, putting everything on the line to do this, losing bank accounts, losing friends, uh, having MSNBC or NBC coming and doing hit pieces on you. Like, this is what journalism is, okay? And what we need to be doing is we need to be supporting true journalism. 
Hey, that's what we need to be doing. So we do have a, a give, send, go up to help support the cause, you guys. So let's just make sure we pull it up here. So please. So it's a uh, give, send, go.com forward slash Miriam Hanane, H E N E I N. So Links this to that is are in the description. Actually, uh, I have a, I just put together the budget. Um, so I'm actually going to post it in case people, people want, you know, and it's like even $5 helps. Yeah, guys, come on. Let's, let's, it helps. It adds up. Sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah. Let's just show like, you know, good rebunk call to action here. You guys, let's throw a $5 tip in the jar. Like don't even support me this episode. Go, go help Mary and her work. Like you can even share, look, you can click share. You can go yeah. copy link. Like, look at me, dude. I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to pull up my Twitter right now. We're going to freaking tweet this out right now. Anyway. I didn't know you could do that. on. Gibson. I don't know. Well, we're no, going to see. They, like, I tell people on shows that I raised the million dollars pretty much like, well, I did Indiegogo and Kickstarter at the time. And I had mm -hmm. matching funds. And I had Haagen-Dazs and Burt's Bees. I was like Robin Hood. I did take money to do good. And, uh, but this time around, given I have a track record, it's, it's, it's been like during the trucker convoy, how many times yeah. Sengo got throttled. So it's been that long that I've been trying to raise funds. Like just the footage in itself was over $6,000. I've created a LLC, the real timeline to keep the money and, you know, to make it, it's a business, meaning it's, it's going through through that and uh to pay sean to pay uh zach for the for the website and just to cover the costs like i'm i get so pissed off these crazy people who are like there's nothing worse than people who want to monetize on horrific murder oh like, yeah 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 like uh what's that marianne Will marianne williamson the one who's like railing against Alex Jones for making so much money off of uh, Sandy Hook and then writes a book about Sandy Hook. That lady Marianne from the New York Williamson. Times. Marianne Williamson? Yeah. I think that's the, her name. Uh, right? Are you talking oh, about... Maybe I'm maybe, talking about somebody else. Yeah, Marianne Williamson is a is a orator who talks about the... Elizabeth Williamson. Elizabeth Williamson. Pardon me. Okay. Elizabeth Williamson's... Which you can get at Target, apparently. Sandy Hook, how an American tragedy became a battle for truth. Who rails against Alex Jones for him profiting off of Sandy Hook? Look at this bitch. Well, I would like to. I would like to say that if someone were to come, because the real point of Alex Jones being on the stand is really to impair people like myself to not be able to question a false flag or or reality, right? Mm -hmm. Elizabeth Williamson. I've never not heard of that. She's a New York uh, Times reporter, I think. And she was covering the Alex Jones trial and was calling him out for uh, all his... The trial of the Mickey Mouse trial? Yeah, exactly. Yep, 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 yep. That's like, this is not real, dudes. This is no. not... This is not... This is not real. But, but but my point is that if you were to come to me, I'd be like, these are my receipts. Like the f amount of FOIA, the FOIA, the, the documents I've bought from the MPD, from from the government, from, from secret service, that this is money, this is time, thousands of hours of diligence um, looking at. So my point is the fact that he reneged, Alex Jones reneged everything and not said, I stand by my research. What disservice does it do to who? 
it does disservice to real journalists and anyone who questions. So, you know, again, not to crap on Alex Jones, but it's, mm-hmm. I hope that that's not what I would do. I'd be like, this is why I said this. This is why I said this. This is why yep. I said this. I want to say one more thing. Also, I, I, I was stir crazy where I am and I went to Clearwater this weekend and uh, listened to Mark Farina and I was, uh, I, I was sitting down and this guy came and sat beside me and we started talking and he's, and he's like, I'm from Minneapolis. I'm like, huh? Okay. Not accident that you're sitting next to me. He had footage on Snapchat. He told me that he, he, there was evidence of, you know, the precinct three evidence room was torched of these agent provocateurs literally with his eyes saw them take grenades and throw it in the evidence room and, and burn all of the, and then Snapchat deleted all of his, all of his evidence. Wow. Crazy. Jeez. Yeah. Minneapolis steer clear guys. (laughs) Mordor. Mordor. Well, shoot you guys. Okay. So Miriam Hanane. Awesome. MiriamHanane.com, honeycolladine.com, givesendgo.com forward slash Miriam Hanane. Can't wait for this film to come out. Like, I'm super excited uh, about this. It's been a long time in the making. Contributing. Yes, it has. Yeah. Thank you for contributing and yeah, sure. uh, for believing in this vision. And I'm happy to be able to produce something because, uh, yeah, I'm all about the work. Totally. Totally. Well, one day this will all be behind you and we can have you back on the show to talk about your new projects and what you're uh, moving on to next. So that'd be awesome. So, all right, Miriam. Well, thank you so much. You guys make sure you go follow and support Miriam and uh, rebunk.news for everything going on around here. And I'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Thank you, Scott. Thanks, Miriam.